All the promises of God are yea and amen in Jesus Christ. I'm going to say that again. All the promises of God are yea and amen through Jesus Christ. All your needs are met through Jesus Christ. Every answer to every need in your life is in Jesus Christ. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thank you so much for joining us. Today, we're starting a brand new series I've called Pray Through. I believe as we study together what the Bible says about prayer, our prayer lives are going to go up to a whole new level. You know, it's been said that the one thing Satan fears the believer doing is to pray. Have you ever noticed how that when you decide you're going to pray, a thousand distractions break out around you, the phone rings, somebody knocks at the door, the kids go nuts, the car won't start, you get my drift. Well, if Satan hates it, then I know I want to do it. But more than Satan hating it, our Lord Jesus wants us to take advantage of the path he has paved with his own blood to the throne room of God in the place of prayer. So we're going to begin our series with a simple message called, Come, Let's Pray, where we're going to see just how much Jesus himself encouraged his children to pray. Now let me tell you that I was praying last night. And as I was praying last night, I felt the Holy Spirit touch me to pray this way, change our church by leading us up into a new level of prayer. Change our church. Change our church. And I believe you're going to be changed today by the Word of God. You will be impacted today by the Word of God. You will be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And my prayer is that God takes every one of us up a level, that we become prayers on a level we've never known. God's going to raise up some of you to be intercessors, and you're going to change the world through intercession. God is going to be calling all of you to your prayer closet, or as the movie put it, war room. And we're going to war spiritually, because the only thing left for America is prayer, and the only thing left for you and me is prayer. So can you say with me, prayer changes things. Now let's read one verse that Jesus spoke out of many, many. And let's read it together because there's only one brief verse. John 16, verse 24. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive that your joy may be full. Notice joy follows answered prayer. Father, thank you for your word today, and we thank you that the word is powerful. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It will change us. You are sending your word today, Lord, to renew the minds of your people. You are going to wash our brains in the word of God. And, Lord, our prayer level is going to go up. Our prayer life is going to be enhanced. And, Lord, I pray that not a person listening to me or watching by video or listening by radio 
will avoid being changed. Every one of them will be. And we know that when we finish this series, Lord, you're going to have done something miraculous in our prayer life that will be with us for the rest of our life. Now, can you breathe a prayer, dear church, and say, Lord, speak to me and change me today. In Jesus' name, amen. I just quoted this one simple statement from Jesus, this one message from Jesus to his followers that they should be prayers. And I was thinking if I could sum up all of Jesus' teachings on prayer, and there's a bunch of them, Jesus talked more about prayer than anybody in the Bible far and away. Jesus was a praying God-man. And I thought if I could sum it up, it would be two simple words, prayer works. Prayer works. If Jesus could just look at us and just, you know, everything he said, put it in a blender, hit liquefy, pour it out, it's going to say prayer works. If you're a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, you're a praying person. You know, when a baby is born, the first thing it does is cry. When a human being is born again, the first thing it does is pray. Prayer is the oxygen of the soul. It is what children of God do. You can't be a child of God and not be a prayer. Now, there's different levels of prayer, and there's different levels of maturity in our prayer life, but every believer is a prayer. If you're a child of God, it's very, very likely that somewhere in your house there is a prayer closet, a place where you go regularly and you lay hold of God. And again, you can call it the war room, and I think that's great. Kathy and I were watching that last night, the movie. If you haven't seen the movie War Room, you need to get it. And there's three main characters in it from the part that we watch, a very successful married couple and an older lady who's selling her house. The female of the married couple is a real estate salesperson, and she's selling this older lady's house, but the older lady is a prayer warrior. And she begins to home in on this woman and begins to talk to her about her prayer life. And the woman makes the mistake of saying, well, this is a beautiful home you're selling. What is your favorite room in this house? And she takes her up to this little bitty closet upstairs where there's all kinds of prayer requests stuck onto the wall. And she said, this is my favorite room because this is the room from which I change the world. This room. And she said, this is my war room. I pray that at the end of this series, all of you have a war room where you fight the real enemy, not flesh and blood, but the devil principalities, powers, spiritual wickedness in heavenly places, rulers of the darkness of the world, and fight the real enemy in the war room. Boy, if there's ever a time the church needs to collectively have a war room, it's now. Because prayer is the only, I believe, hope left for America. Author R.A. Torrey writes a prayer. Those persons who know the deep peace of God, the unfathomable peace that passes all understanding, are always men and women of much prayer. If you're a prayer, you're a peaceful person. Holocaust survivor Corey Ten Boom advised, don't pray when you feel like it. Have an appointment with the Lord and keep it. A man is powerful on his knees. John Bunyan, the author of the greatest Christian selling book in the world, in the history of the world next to the Bible, best-selling Christian book in all of time, Pilgrim's Progress, wrote about prayer, prayer will make a man cease from sin or sin will entice a man to cease from prayer. 
That's a true statement. I believe however much we pray, our prayer life can always be stronger. Mine certainly can. I'm praying that as I preach this, it preaches to me. Jesus was the master of prayer. You know, if Jesus needed to pray, where does that leave us? Because he was the God-man. He was all man, all God, all God, all man. He had a direct line with the Father, never did sin, put a shadow between he and the Father, yet Jesus prayed all the time. He taught private prayer. He said, when you pray, not if, but when, he said, go into your room, that's the war room, close the door, pray to your Father who is unseen, and then your Father who sees your praying in secret will reward you in the open. There will be an open blessing on your life if your life has secret prayer. People will look and say, why is that blessing on your life? Well, i got to be honest with you because I pray. He taught public prayer. He said, again, I say to you that if two of you agree together as touching anything on earth, it shall be done for them by my Father in heaven. That's corporate public prayer. And I'm going to talk about that one of these weeks. I'm going to be dealing with five key types of prayer. Warfare prayer, intercessory prayer, the prayer of supplication, the prayer of agreement, the key to answered prayer, why some prayers go unanswered. We find when you look at the Gospels and read the Gospels that Jesus regularly separated himself to go up into a mountain or to go off into the wilderness alone to pray to the Father. And you also see that he made some of his biggest decisions following prayer. For instance, Before choosing the 12 disciples who were going to follow him for three and a half years, he prayed all night long. He prayed till the sun rose. Then he went and chose his 12. How many of our decisions would be sanctified and much safer if we would spend the night in prayer before we made them? Jesus prayed and then acted. That's what you see every time in his life. Prior to the agony of the cross, he went into the Garden of Gethsemane and he prayed. And he found his strength in prayer. And the Bible tells us that an angel came and ministered strength to him after he had prayed. Prayer released an angel. And Jesus was able to go resolutely to the cross after finding strength and power in prayer. How often we would find strength and power if we would just pray. Now, when you read the Gospels, and I've noticed, particularly in John, you see that the closer that Jesus got to the cross, the more he pulled his disciples aside and began to talk to them about prayer. He knew they were going to need prayer, especially with his crucifixion and resurrection and then ascension back into glory. They were going to need to understand prayer. So you find him over and again, seven times in three chapters, for example, In the Gospel of John, in John 14, 15, and 16, Jesus talks about prayer seven times. And he tells them essentially the same thing. Let me just read you one of them. He says, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. You talk about an encouragement to prayer. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. So he's saying, pray, children, pray. Come on, children, pray, disciples of mine. I want you to be praying men, praying women. The DNA of every believer flows from the head, and the DNA of the head was prayer. Now, I just want to share some very, very simple 
foundational truths about prayer to set the stage for this series. This is Prayer 101. But I've noticed most people never get Prayer 101. A lot of times we just miss it, and it's easy to do. So let me just take us to Prayer 101, and I want to just share some basic truths about prayer, and you're going to be fired up to pray. Some of you are going to go home today, and you're going to go straight for a closet. You're going to clean it out and make it your prayer room. Here's something we need to all understand. First, God has chosen to act in our world primarily in answer to prayer. Let me say that again. God has chosen to act on planet earth primarily in answer to prayer. Now, is God sovereign over all things? Yes. Does He do whatever He wants to do in His own universe? Yes. But listen, does He sometimes move in the absence of prayer? Yes. He does. Isaiah the prophet speaks of a time when God was looking for an intercessor and he couldn't find one, but he acted anyway. Listen to Isaiah 59, 17. He saw that there was no one. Listen to this. God, God's eye had been searching the whole planet. Can you imagine that? God's eye was scanning the planet and he saw that there was no one. He was appalled that there was no intercessor. So his own arm achieve salvation for him, and his own righteousness sustained him. Notice, God was on the hunt for an intercessor, somebody to stand in the gap. And I'm going to be talking about that one of these weeks. But he was looking for somebody to stand in the gap and pray for someone else, actually for the nation, and he couldn't find one. There was not one intercessor on the planet, and it said it appalled God. So what did he do? His own arm achieved salvation for him. In other words, he moved anyway, and God can do that because he's sovereign. But what was he looking for first? He was looking for a prayer. See, here's what I'm convinced of, that even when God has decided in his sovereignty he's going to do something, he will raise up prayers to pray in what he wants to do. He will raise up prayers who will agree with him and understand his heart and his vision and what he wants, and they will pray in what he wants to do, even though if there's no prayer, he's going to move, but he looks for a prayer to pray it in. Now, I wonder if his eye were to scan the planet now, how many intercessors he would come up with. Well, he would certainly come up with some, but boy, you talk about a tiny minority in comparison to the entire population of the world. God moved anyway. He moved anyway, but listen, even so, he has decreed that the vast majority of what he does on earth is an answer to prayer. So prayer is very important. The Bible verses confirming this truth are very many. Let me read a few. Listen to what God told Jeremiah. Call to me and I will answer you. That's prayer. And I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. So say with me, mighty things happen when we pray. God's saying, if you'll just call to me, I'm ready to do something mighty. Just call to me. Hebrews 11.6 says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. So God moves in answer to the prayer of faith. James writes, you have not because you ask not. Get this, everybody. Personal needs, according to James, often go unmet because we don't pray. We say, where is God? I need this. I need that. And God doesn't seem to be helping me. Well, let me ask you, have you taken it to him in prayer? Because James said, hey, some of you don't have what you need because you haven't gone to God. Well, why didn't he just do it? Because he moves in answer to prayer. How come? I don't know. That's his decision. Jesus said the harvest is so great and the workers are so few. 
So pray to the one in charge of the harvesting, which would be him, and ask him to recruit more workers for his harvest fields. That tells us that prayer precedes soul-winning revival. We pray that God will send laborers into the harvest. And when laborers go into the harvest, revival begins to burst forth. We're short on laborers. But he said, pray about it. Ask God. And I will raise people up who will go into the harvest. A simple glance at history, which I love to read and I read all the time, reveals that God has shaken kingdoms and transformed nations and averted large-scale tragedies and delivered multitudes and canceled sinister satanic assignments and changed the spiritual atmosphere and direction of entire generations in answer to the prayers of His people. The greatest weapon on earth is not an atom bomb or a hydrogen bomb or any other bomb. The greatest weapon and force on earth is prayer. Because prayer will stop the evil hearts that drop the bombs. So the first thing we need to understand today regarding prayer is that God has chosen. It's His choice to act in our world according to prayer. So what are we wanting to happen in our world? If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and do what? Pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven forgive their sin, and heal their land. That whole thing begins with an if. If you do this, then I do that. In math, we used to say if P, then Q. If you pray, then I will do this. So you can flip it and say if we don't pray, then certain things are not going to happen. I believe that God wants to move in revival in America We're in the darkest of the dark. We haven't seen a dark day like this in a very, very long time. I'm getting where I don't think we've seen a darker day than this since the Civil War in America. America's on the precipice. And what is God looking for? He's looking for people who will understand that He moves in answer to prayer. And there is nothing too hard for the Lord. And if we will ask Him, He will show us great and mighty things that we have not yet known. God will do a new thing. The secondly, I wanted to say about prayer Prayer in its simplest form is this. It's how we bring what is in heaven down to earth. Isn't that simple? All prayer begins with a desire or need. And we wouldn't be praying at all if there weren't something we wanted or desired and believed that God had it up there. If we didn't believe He had it up there, we wouldn't ask Him to send it down here. So in its simplest form, prayer is bringing from up there down to here because we believe God can do something about our needs and our desires. We pray about it. Now, let me just give you an illustration. Praying is a little bit like fishing. Now, I used to live in East Texas, and I got a bass boat, and I got where I was fishing all the time. I really did become an East Texas good old boy. I got out there on my bass boat, and guess what? I was thinking about this. You never go out. When you're a fisherman, you never go out on the lake but what you begin with an empty boat. And you take your empty boat out into the lake because you know that the lake has what you want. The lake has what you want. You want fish. You either want bragging rights by catching a big one, or you are hungry. And you want crappie at night. Man, we got so good at eating crappie. 
crappie are great, great fish. In East Texas, we had microwave crappie, boiled crappie, baked crappie, fried crappie. We were crappied out. <laughs> it's great fish. But I, I would go out there and I would begin with an empty boat. And the reason I took it on the lake, because I knew that in the lake was what I wanted. And so I would get my line and I would put bait, of course, on the hook. And I would cast the bait where I couldn't go. And I'd walk it along the bottom. And you wait for that tug. And you know that God is with you that day. <laughs> and that little tug, that little hit, and you pull. And all of a sudden, you're bringing from where you couldn't go something into your boat that was empty, but it's not empty anymore. But watch this. You had to send something where you couldn't go to bring back from where you couldn't go something you wanted. I think you know where I'm going with this. When we pray, we've got a line and we've got bait. The bait is the promise of God. All the promises of God are yea and amen in Jesus Christ. I'm going to say that again. All the promises of God are yea and amen through Jesus Christ. All your needs are met through Jesus Christ. Every answer to every need in your life is in Jesus Christ. So the bait, the bait is the promise of God. The line is the prayer of faith. And so you bait that hook with the promise of God and you cast into heaven where you can't go but you're sending something that can go and you intend to bring back and put in your boat in your life something from that world to which you could not go, but you could bring something from there and you did it by the prayer of faith standing on the promises of God. So every single day in the morning, I read my Bible, and then I pray. And what am I doing? I'm casting promises into the throne room of God. I can't go into the throne room of God. I'm not in heaven yet. I can't go right into the very presence of God in person because I'm not in heaven yet. Heaven is yet to come for me. The Spirit of God is within me. That's only an earnest of what is to come. But I have not experienced the fullness of what is coming yet. And when I do, I shall be like him, for I shall see him as he is. But until then, the heaven is up there and I'm down here. So I need to send something there to bring from there here what I need. Well, that's it for this time. I hope you enjoyed the message and that you're excited about increasing your prayer life. And I want to thank all of our Life Talk listeners for your prayers and financial support. Life Talk is listener supported and we depend very much on the generous and faithful gifts of our listeners. And this month, we have a very special offer for a gift of any size. Listen closely to our announcer as he tells you about this month's offer. you can bring Pastor Jeff Wickwire and Life Talk right into your home. For a gift of any size to Life Talk, Pastor Jeff will send you a CD collection of some of his most anointed and inspiring teaching series. These CDs will strengthen your faith and build your understanding of what Christ Jesus did for you at the cross. 
So call now, toll free, 877-884-3111. Or just log on anytime, day or night to lifetalk.tv. Listen to Pastor Jeff's hope-filled CDs again and again. Or give them to family members or friends as a gift. Don't wait. Call 877-884-3111 right now or log on anytime to lifetalk.tv and give your best gift today. And join us next time as we continue on part two of the message, Come, Let's Pray. Until then, may God's rich blessings be yours. Let's Pray is the first message of Pastor Jeff's new series, Pray Through. You can own a copy of this six-CD set for just $30 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Pray Through, for only $30 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast. Music.